If you know anyone that would be interested in a job in hospitality, then please get them to visit hospitalityrising.com to view thousands of jobs that might just suit them. Also, if you want to invest and back the Hospitality Rising campaign from just £10 per employee, we're heading into year two fundraising, so please go to hospitalityrising.org for more details or drop an email to marketing at hospitalityrising.org and we'll get back in touch. Supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Hi, this summer we are bringing you some special Supersonic Times Hospitality Rising podcasts, where we have intimate and special conversations with some of the greatest chefs and legends of hospitality. Today's episode is sponsored by Vita Mojo and is with Chef Angela Hartner OBE and is majestically interviewed by TV's Matty White. I would also like to thank Hospitality Rising sponsors Zono, Coca-Cola European Partners and Wireless Social. Enjoy. First of all, thank you very much for letting us into your restaurant. Pleasure. Just getting everything ready ahead of service. Indeed, We'll try not to disturb the staff too much. (laughs) Don't Um, worry. I want to start, if you don't mind, just by talking about your journey into hospitality. Yeah. How you first started, your first job. What, what do you remember of that time? Uh, my first job was after I finished college. I studied history. Wow. Um, nothing to do with, obviously, cooking. Um, and then I worked in a couple of places because I basically left college, as everyone does, with huge debts, so I needed to pay that <laughs> off. Um, and I was in Cambridge. I went to Cambridge Poly. And I basically worked in a little pub called the Free Press, which still is around today, and a place called the Blue Boar, which I think is also still around today. And I was just basically in the kitchen. And I was quite, I was okay, because I was very lucky that I came from a, I don't like the word foodie, but I came from a family that knew the value of good food, cooked a lot at home, and it was part of what we were as a family. Um, and so I was, you know, quite good at it, so people like me. And I worked hard, I had a good work ethic. Um, so that's really where I started. And then I decided, I thought I'd better get sort of serious about this, you know, if this is what I want to do. And I applied to go to Westminster College. I got in there and then at the same time got a job at Midsummer House, which at the time was run by a gentleman called Hans Schweitzer. And then I sort of thought, oh, I'll start doing that. And I binned off to college. I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stick to working on the job. Yeah. And I started as a waitress, just as a chef de rang working. But all the time I said to them, really, what I want to do is be in the kitchen. And then after a couple of months, Han says, we've got an opportunity. There's an opening. Come in the kitchen. And then that's carried on from there, really. What is it that you personally love about the hospitality industry? Well, I think it's the camaraderie and the people. I think what you get is people... I think if you're someone who's um, not nervous, but slightly shy maybe, don't necessarily not have a lot of confidence, I think this can be an industry that can really build your confidence. 
where do you think you'd be now without the hospitality industry if you hadn't have made that move and you were still studying history? Oh, I don't think I'd have done very well studying history. I think I'd probably, <laughs> I think I'd probably be in some form of care industry, maybe. I don't think I was academically... You know, I'm not stupid, but I'm not academically minded like that, so I'd probably be, I don't know, yeah, maybe the NHS or something like that. I mean, I always had visions. I'd want to be so many other things, but I think that's, that's my, my skill is empathy with people and working with people, but... I think I, you know, I naturally was drawn to this industry. Or maybe there would have been something like a, a home economics teacher or mm. something like that, or training in a I college. I could see you doing that. Like that, I could see, yeah, maybe something like that. There is a problem at the moment. Some mm. people are calling it a crisis. There's mm. a, a staff shortage um, nationwide. I'm, mm. I'm seeing it everywhere I go. How's that affecting you, first and foremost? Uh, I think we're nearly through the worst of it. I would argue that there's... I think there are staff out there. I think what it is... Um, I think there's definitely... People can recruit. I know people have recruited for restaurants, hotels. There's people there. I think what, the, what there's a big issue in lots of places, staff retention. Yeah. I think what you have more is that because there are, pe- there are shortages, people are putting jobs out with not ridiculous salaries, but like you suddenly think a chef department is being paid what you'd pay a sous chef or the hours, and people are just... They, you know, it's not so much loyalty, but they're flipping around. So I think that's not helping. And I think as a result, it's retention within your business. So basically you can get them and then you've got to keep them. And I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with. And talking to another operator the other day, she goes, we've recruited 50% and we've lost 50%. You know, right. and that, that is where your problem is. But what about the, the customer? Do you think the customer is going to see more of their favourite restaurants closing down? Do you, how do you think the future looks? For the customers. Uh, I, 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 I'd like to say no, um, because I think we've got some, you know, it's a, I think where we are as a country in the hospitality, we're in a wonderful position. But when you hear, I was speaking to Mark Lewis, who runs Hospitality Action, and when he says people are phoning him every day because they've lost their jobs or on the breadline, hotels are closing. I mean, who would... who? Here, that hotels would close two days a week because they can't get the staff. Mm. So I think we are in a, you know, and I think more than anything, it's 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 not so much cost of living and people come through the door. It's the energy crisis that's going to kill businesses. It certainly feels that now more than ever is is the right time for yeah. all the businesses, all the restaurants t- to come together. Mm. And how important do you think what Hospitality Rising is doing is? Yeah. Do you think we need it at the minute? Oh, God, yeah. I think, I think anything that puts us out there, you know, we're a, a three million um, industry employee, three million plus. That's just, and never mind the periphery of people who make your cups, make your tablecloths, clean your restaurants, all the rest of it. Um, I think we bring billions of pounds into the exchequer. And as Robin Hudson always said, we're a tap that can be switched on. Mm. You know, it's very quick to get money into the government sort of through our businesses. And I think, you know, the one thing we really tried to advocate was a minister of hospitality. And still they haven't quite got how important as a business is that, you know, you've got one sort of one part looking after you in culture, another in some other ministry. And it's like, actually, if you don't do something, get a sub-cabinet you know, something that just that you can put a board of 20 people together from hoteliers to restaurateurs to caterers well, that understand what we're going through. You know, the, the, the nonsense they did in COVID when they said, right, everyone needs to shut at 10 o'clock just showed they had absolutely clueless about the understanding how a business works. Well, listen, thank you for talking to me today. Thank you. Let's hope that 
things get better. Indeed. Or certainly no worse. Yes, exactly. Listen, we're a great industry. I think we're very welcoming. And, you know, honestly, I, it's, I don't think I'd want to do anything else. No. I'll drink to that. There you go. Cheers, Angela. Cheers. Cheers. That was just a fantastic interview from Angela Hartnett and Matty White. Thank you so much to the both of you for taking the time to record this podcast promoting why hospitality is such a great career choice and why more and more operators and suppliers should get behind and invest in hospitality rising. Please do encourage your peers, friends, family, other parents and any kids that you know to share this podcast far and wide and let's get more people to consider working in hospitality. If you know anyone that would be interested in a job in hospitality, then please get them to visit hospitalityrising.com to view thousands of jobs that might just suit them. Also, if you want to invest and back the Hospitality Rising campaign from just £10 per employee, we're heading into year two fundraising, so please go to hospitalityrising.org for more details. Or drop an email to marketing at hospitalityrising.org and we'll get back in touch. This podcast is sponsored by VitaMojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand boom.